Hello and welcome to this week's Golf Alternative podcast, the only podcast out there that gives you the best in PGA Tour golf betting tips and, of course, the best in alternative music. Uh, we had a week's hiatus last week, so uh, it seems a long time ago since we had the uh, PGA Championship where uh, we had a cracking week um, uh, down at uh, Southern Hills in Tulsa. Uh, Justin Thomas bagging his second major and his second uh, uh, PGA. So, uh, But that's old news, of course. Since then, we've been at uh, Colonial Country Club, and that was, um, well, one heck of a final round yesterday as the players uh, battled the blustery winds. Um, from our point of view, unfortunately, it's sort of fairly symptomatic as to how things have been going at the moment. I thought, well, at least we're going to end up uh, with a full share of the place money and uh, come out on the week with a tiny profit, but a profit's a profit. I uh, uh, thought Jordan Spieth was going to be our man, but uh, uh, Jordan Spieth wasn't our man because he managed to bogey the last two holes. And uh, although he got a little bit of place money, the, the three putt on the last summed up um, uh, his, his, his week and our week, really. And unfortunately, that's how it's been going at the moment. But um, yeah, we all go through those little trots from time to time. And uh, hopefully this week we'll be back on track at the Memorial. Uh, but um, yeah. So, as always, of course, I've got a guest joining me to help preview the memorial and uh, to generally chat about all things golf and all things music. And uh, I'm grumbling away about Jordan Spieth. Well, uh, uh, I, believe, I believe our guest uh, had a more depressing golfing tale from the weekend uh, that, that I had over on the DP World Tour. So I'm, I'm sure we'll touch on that. But uh, uh, delighted to say joining me again this week is uh, Niall Lyons from Odds Checker fame, Bet Golf World. Uh, Niall, how, how are you keeping? Yeah, not too bad, Martin. It's uh, thanks for inviting me back on. Enjoyed the first chat we had a couple of months ago. So, yeah, uh, we're d delighted to have you back on. F fantastic, and thank you so much for uh, being willing to take the time to come back on because I know, know you're very busy. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get to your uh, golfing heartbreak uh, uh, in a minute from the weekend. <laughs> but uh, I, I was just saying it wasn't um, uh, much. Uh, much fun for me over at Colonial Country Club. Um, did, did you have, before we talk about the, uh, the Dutch Open, did you, did you have any joy uh, down in Texas at all? No, it was the same for me. Jordan Spieth was the only uh, was the only real contender of the final day. I had Chris Kirk as well. He was sitting pretty with a, you know, going into the weekend and maybe even on Sunday too, but he, uh, a bad round on Sunday put pay to that. So, yeah. After what had gone on at the Dutch Open, I couldn't even bring myself to switch on the golf last night. So I'm not even that clear about what happened. in about what happened. It was just one of those days where I, I had enough of it and I could happily switch it off. I, I could imagine, yeah. Well, um, uh, I mean, well, from our point of view, with with Spieth, he uh, uh, his, his putter obviously continued to do what it's been doing, which is uh, hold, hold a few long ones, and uh, uh, he chipped in a few times over the week as well. But as soon as it's sort of between three and five foot, you, you just sort of I don't know what his stats are for making them, but uh, he, he seems to be missing. I'm sure it's not the case, but he seems to be missing fifty percent of them at the moment, around the four foot mark or, or something, and um, you, you can just see it coming he, he sort of uh he, he, you know he's got 30 foot for birdie comes up four foot short or knocks it four foot past and you know what's gonna happen next and unfortunately that's what happened on the on, on the last and um uh meanwhile everyone sort of gradually fell away in the wind and uh sam burns picked it up on the uh the playoff so it was it was a good watch but as you say you were um still uh sort of in a cold dark room recovering from uh uh, what happened in Holland? So, so for those who didn't see it, uh, I'm sorry to have to ask you to to do this now. But talk talk us through what what happened there and uh, who you were on. Yeah, well, you know, me, me and you chatted before and, and often talk about on Twitter about Bo Hoster and Houston and 
David Lingworth in California being real bad beats. Like this for me trumped them all. I, you know, I sat trying to understand it at the end of it, and I actually started writing down the prices of of, of what happened. And I, I, this is no word of a lie. I make it into the tens of thousands to one. What mm-hmm. what happened there towards the end? You've got Ryan Fox with a three shot lead heading up to seventy second, doubles it from nowhere. Uh, you know what what price is a double there in the last hole? It's mm-hmm. it's at least double figures, probably around twelve to one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then. A birdie birdie finish from Perez. You know, he's got to be about four or five to one to birdie that 17th. And then, you know, even around, maybe even around even money marked. But so there's, you know, around 10 to one for Perez to finish birdie birdie to force the playoff. And then two, uh, well, one miler anyway. You know, he holds about a 20 footer on the second playoff hole or the first playoff hole to stay in it. And then on the third playoff hole holes a thirty-five to forty footer. You know, what what are they? What four and five to one and then ten, eleven to one to mm-hmm. hold to hold that 35, 40 footer. And then of course knocks in another forty footer on the on the fourth playoff hole. I've mm-hmm. never ever seen the leg of it in my time watching golf. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know we all have hard luck stories to tell, and I've had a fair few of them myself. And the more the more time goes on, the more you get used to it almost and the more it doesn't affect you. But I'm still absolutely scratching my head as to how that could happen. Yeah. Yesterday, it's, it's just very hard to believe. You know, I can't even remember the last time. You know, I think there was about a thousand pound matched on Betfair at 1.02. Mm. And I think there was near 17,000 matched at mm. 1.03. And we mm. know ourselves whenever, you know, a golfer goes 102. Mm. Or 101 in Bedford, it's actually just guys laying off. It's not a true mm. reflection of their price. You know, he's not a mm. one to 50 chance at that time. He's more mm. like a, a one to 200 chance. And there's people just getting some money out here and there. And hence mm. why there's a bit of 1.02 appearing and blah, blah, blah. Mm. You know, he reached one to 500 with plenty of bookmakers. So mm. I just, it's, it's hard to believe. And, you know, as I said, it just, I was happy enough to switch off the colonial last night. I couldn't bring <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sure you were. I mean, without obviously talking numbers or anything like that, I mean, are you someone who, particularly after the Bo Hostler experience and the likes, who would look at sort of just giving, you know, something back on, on, on the exchange? I mean, I appreciate you want the winner for your for your readers, of course, and, yeah. and uh, you, you know, for people to put their hard on uh, on earned on following your selections but from from a personal point of view you know you, you've had a uh you've had some change on the selection as it were before the off w- would you would you consider sort of um uh lying a bit or do you just sort of take take the, well, the smooth yeah of course like you know it also depends on how you're going i guess so, yeah. you know i'm having a good year but mm-hmm. uh you know other times where say you were like financially, not not struggling or whatever, because you would like to think if you were financially struggling, you weren't punting. But you know, yeah. the more it meant to you, you know, the, the more time you would kind of lay off a few quid. Now, I did lay a few quid off yesterday simply mm. because at one point I thought it was a bit short, and I laid it off. Mm. You know, I don't go laying off around even money or whatever on this, yeah. and particularly, you know, I laid off about at one point one three, and then after after that. There was literally no reason to, mm. to lay off because he was 
he almost won it in a flash with a couple of chippings. Mm -hmm. One one from off the green. It was a lot, it was a putt, but it was off the green. Mm -hmm. We hold for eagle, and then he hold a miler on the next hole, about a forty or fifty footer, and it was almost over before you even knew it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, Hostler was one of them times where I really regretted not laying off more mm -hmm. because it was worth an awful lot of money. Yeah, an awful lot more than what Fox was worth yesterday. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Foxy was only what 25 to one shot before the offer, yeah. wasn't he, or something like that? So, yeah, yeah, so you know, it swings and roundabouts without there, but I did lay off a few quid. But mm. more disappointing than anything was for the readers, obviously, and for yeah. you know, the tipping record because yeah. it was actually a win only bet for me as well. I haven't been going well in Europe all season, and uh, I'm finding it a bit of a struggle to be honest. Yeah. And mm. Fox was someone who i've lost a fair bit of money on down the years quite inconsistent as we know but the this year and in particular the last couple of months he's been playing phenomenal golf and as he showed even in the pga i think it was fourth yeah. and approach play there at the yeah. pga so it was very eye-catching and i really liked the bet but then yeah. i was almost not confident enough to stake four points on it so it just went two points win instead of two points each way so mm. that was an, you know i ended up with a loss in the event which is just absolutely hard to believe yeah oh dear well yeah as, as ho hopefully this time next week it'll be a distant memory and uh you, you know we'll uh uh you'll we'll be back in uh back back in the money at memorial and um i forget where where are they this week on the on the dp world tour is it is it the porsche european open or something yeah that's week? it yeah, yeah. you're yeah. like me i haven't haven't looked at it yet either I look <laughs> at it yeah i mean obviously i don't write a column on the on on the well europe slash dp world tour so it's very very secondary look look for me and i'm i'm, I'm sort of uh, uh more often than not they're relying on the likes of you and uh uh ben and the other pods out there and and uh uh, writers, etc. If, if I'm if I'm looking for a for a punt, but um, but uh, yeah, well, um, as I say, uh, it, it was uh, a tough week all, all round, I think. But I can't uh, I can't match that with my my Jordan Spieth uh, um, grumble. But um, yeah, it was uh, it was it was Sam Burns's week in the end over Colonial, and I'm going to open up this week's musical selections. And uh, as uh, regular listeners will know, we're we're uh, picking a playlist that uh, I'll tweet out from Spotify afterwards that. Uh, you can all listen to of the uh, song picks for the week and my first song this week um, we're going to have some Ash uh, and Burn Baby Burn or it should be Burns Baby Burns really but uh, Burn Baby Burn from their 2000 and or 2000 uh, all those come out in 2001 I think it was the second single from their Free All Angels album uh, and it's Ash uh, Burn Baby Burn is our first uh, musical pick you a fan of Ash Nile do, do you know much of yeah I actually I'll write a few songs down the years and of course they're local here as well Northern yeah, Irish yeah. so uh, yeah almost underrated they've got you know four or five absolute belter tunes so they have yeah, yeah. Listen. it's been a while since i've listened to them actually yeah well uh if you give the playlist a listen back and uh you'll you'll hear some ash uh burn baby burn is our first song for the week um so let's um let's move forward rather than looking back and uh it's memorial week uh and uh of course it's the chip trip a chip a trip to jack's place uh over in ohio dublin ohio uh, and um, it's uh, one of the regular tour stops, uh, one of my favourite events uh, every year on, on the tour. Uh, great course. Um, normally, uh, you know, Jack tries to, um, if the weather allows, sort of set the uh, set the players a bit of a challenge. And uh, uh, we've got a good field in, in town. And uh, John, John Rahm's back after last year's, of course, uh, 
Um, huge upset for him with the COVID um, withdrawal on the Saturday evening when I think he had a six-shot lead. Uh, do, do you think he's going to be on a mission this week, uh, Niall? How did you, before we get into our selections, what, how did you view John Rahm this week? Because I know you've been a, someone who's gone quite heavy on him in the past. Were you, were you tempted to sort of go with the Rahm on a mission angle? Uh, I wasn't, not quite this week. Uh, I wasn't, I know he was on the wrong side of the draw at the PGA, but it didn't particularly, I wasn't particularly enthused by what I saw that, that it would, it would weigh in around nine to 10 to one mark here. You know, obviously yeah. this is a, this is a very tough track. Well, on its day, it can be tough on its day. You know, when he won a couple of years ago, it was the toughest I, I think it's ever played. And, yeah. You know, he won a nine under. I was with a couple of stroke penalty towards the end, but uh, often a higher score wins than that, or a lower score, you know, 15, 16 under, usually looking at. But I think, you know, it could play very tough this week if, you know, there's, I think there's rain forecast maybe on Wednesday, something like that. Yeah. And, but there's been good weather in the, in the lead up. So, and obviously, I think they've got. Don't they have subbers? Didn't, didn't I think they've got something there, yeah. Yeah, part of the redo. Yeah, they once they read really on the greens, it. I think they got sub on them so they can mm. control them. And yeah, yeah. Nicholas can make it a tough test. So if it does, mm. it usually weeds out a lot of the golfers when we see some of the best rides at the top. So mm. obviously, it's not going to be surprising if we see two or three of the front end of the market up there at the weekend. But just at the price, it didn't quite interest me, Ron. Yeah, I mean that—that that was my problem with. I did, I did really like Rory, um, and he was the one I was very tempted to put up. I mean, he's—he's he's, he's not won here before, but he's got the form on all the uh, the other sort of tracks that that tie in. You know, Bay Hill and Quail Hollow, and uh, uh, you know, he likes those sort of par seventy twos where you can take the par fives apart. Obviously, so um, so uh, yeah, I, I was tempted by Rory, but as you say, it's so strong at the top of the market, and you can make a case for for a lot of them. Um, so uh, that was really what what put me off because he's almost a winner only bet at the price. Um, well, of course, you, you'd make a profit each way, but uh, uh, you'd only use up sort of all your staking plan on him, or I didn't anyway. So um, in, in general, what have you always um, seen as the keys to uh, uh, this track over the years now? What, what do you tend to look for in a, uh, in, in your players here? It's a slight strange one because, you know, the the rough is that high usually, and it's it's almost a surprise that you know accuracy doesn't play a bigger part. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. I think the fairways are quite wide, or they're well, they're yeah. quite generous to be fair. But there's a huge penalty for missing them, and if mm -hmm. you do miss them, then you know you are going to be up against it. Uh, so someone obviously, it's just a solid ball striking game that I'm looking for, mm -hmm. and we've had you know some guys with you know a notoriously you know poor or average short game mm. uh, in particular with the putter content here down the years so it's one of those mm. uh layouts where i would almost consider the poor putters you know th those who are uh quite inconsistent in that department can often come to the fore so obviously matsuyama is one in that bracket and he's won here before mm. jason duffner is another one yeah. uh Morikawa, to a certain extent, obviously he won the work day. It wasn't this event, but yeah. it was the same, same track, you know. So, uh, yeah, it's it's certainly one of those uh, places where you know a solid ball striking game can work, and those who often you know see the downside of the short game could possibly uh, be suited by the track. 
Yeah, I think it's sort of Jack's mantra, isn't it? It gets harder the closer you get to the hole sort of thing. So, uh, as you say, there's a bit of room off the tee to spread about a bit to a certain extent. But then, uh, you know, the approach play is obviously a lot a lot more key. And um, then, um, uh, you, you know, you're chipping. I mean, I think, although I take your point about the putting, I think uh, around the green is sort of quite important. I think if you look at some of the, the sort of numbers of the winners around the green, I mean, that was what I was quite – I was – from a correlating course point of view, quite keen on Hovland this week. But uh, uh, once I looked at the, um, the records of the, the recent winners around the green and then obviously uh, tied that in with uh, uh, Victor's stats around the green, that, um, rightly or wrongly, was enough to send me in another direction. But um, I think uh, it's, often, it's interesting the way, you know, different people approach it because I, I've thought, you know, at a layout where, you know, there's plenty of greens missed and, you know, the penalty's quite big for missing them and particularly on a course where down the years putts have been notoriously hard to hold hence hence the way that kind of levels the playing field between the poor and the bad putters now we've only had a year of the new greens and, and i yeah. think that they put easier last year than what they've done previously so we could see a different trend developing there but at the same time i i almost look to even you know i think you've mentioned and you'll obviously talk about cam smith here you know, yeah, we're going to come into Cam yeah, Smith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has a great sh short game and a, and a great game around the greens, but hmm. I, but it's still hard to hold putts here. So the scrambling yeah. is more difficult. So I almost, I tend to look at someone's even 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 guys whose short game doesn't fall to the mark, and and where you might uh, dismiss Hovland, I might favor him in a way it's interesting the different approaches obviously yeah it's i mean good it, for it, listeners to hear yeah it, it's it's one of the, i mean as, as i said in my written preview i mean you could make a case pretty much for all all of those at the top i mean obviously you can make a case yeah. for for rama course and, and, and rory and cantlay is loving the place and spieth with his long game working at the moment and and morikara with his form on the track and i think he was runner up at the memorial last year as well as obviously having um you know performed at the work day and then um uh yeah so you can make you know show play seems to be coming around nicely obviously we're going to talk about uh shane and, and what have you so so you can make a case for pretty much all you know you wouldn't be surprised to see any of those guys at the top get it done and you've got at the end of the day you, you pay your money and uh take your chance don't you as the uh the phrase goes but um uh but back to the musical front and uh i'm uh i was uh caught out on my horrendous um knowledge of ohio geography earlier when you messaged me but i believe you've got a got a an ohio link song um as um uh, your first uh, musical pick of the week, uh, Noel. Yeah, this is a song called uh, Cuyahoga uh, by R.E.M. It's from their 1986 album, uh, Life's Rich Pageant. Uh, it's actually about a river in Ohio where the Indians settled and, the, and there was poor pollution on it and blah, blah. And I think the song's kind of about, uh, you know, part of the American dream being, you know, a facade, so to speak. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a song that I like. So, Cuyahoga by R.E.M. Cracking, and um, I don't. It's one. I mean, I, I like R.E.M., but I don't know that song particularly well. So, um, I shall be looking forward to giving it a listen. And um, I've learned something new today about um, Cuyahoga because I'll confess I didn't know it was a river in Ohio. So. Um, so yeah, the betting market. We've touched on it already, and uh, we've got um, John Rahm just. Um, 
edging the favoritism from Rory. Uh, it's 10 to 1 Ram, basically uh, uh, 11 or 12 to 1 in a place uh, for Rory. Uh, then uh, Cantley, you can get 18s. Uh, Speed, you can get 20s. Uh, Morikawa, 22s. Um, uh, Smith is 20s, really, apart from 22s with a couple of the, the lesser firms. Uh, and then you've got Hovland General, 22s. Xander, similar price. And then uh, onwards to Shane and Hideki, uh, etc. Um, so it's a, a pretty stacked field. And um, uh, the weather this week, uh, touching on that, looks uh, um, quite... Um, uh, it's sort of, uh, well, interesting in the fact we're going to get a bit of a downpour, as you alluded to, Niall, I think, on um, uh, the Wednesday. So that might soften it up for the first day. But uh, uh, it's been pretty uh, pretty dry of late and uh, there's no more rain in the forecast after that. So I'm sure by the weekend, uh, Jack, Jack will have it how he likes it, as it were. Um, looking a little bit more before we get into the selections, looking a little bit more about the course itself and uh, a bit of the history here. And um, uh, obviously, Muirfield Village, it's a par 72. Uh, Greens bank grass. Um, course measures just over 7,450 yards. Uh, and um, I guess the course is seen as a classical test, um, one where you can tie it into the likes of uh, Quail Hollow, Bay Hill, um, even Tory Pines from the point of view of a sort of a, uh, a sort of a longer classical test. Um, uh, it did get a bit of a redo, uh, which we've alluded to already um, after the 2020 edition, didn't it? I think after the sort of two events they had here back to back, it got a bit of a redo. Um, and um, most holes had the greens completely recontoured, um, different bunker modifications. Um, and basically, there was only four greens that stayed the same or resembled the old greens. But uh, having said that, um, we ended up with a leaderboard that was pretty sort of, um, uh, you, you know, familiar from the point of view of the, the top two or Ram, if we include him and Cantlay, who obviously had the previous form here. So um, it didn't look as though it hugely changed the type of player the, the um, event was going to favour. Um, looking at the recent winners, and uh, we have had some shocks here over the years. Uh, David Lingmurth, who did win here, as opposed to, uh, for me and you, Noel, down in uh, California, where he didn't win. Um, uh, Jason Duffner, who um, uh, pimp, pipped um, uh, um, uh, David Lingmurth down in uh, uh, California, has um, got the job done here. So there's an interesting link there. And obviously, there's a Nicholas connection there um, on the old courses that we used uh, at the Amex. Uh, Hideki got his first win here. So that's um, three guys with Will McGirt who have won their first event here in the last 10 years. So, so there is room for a shock. Um, but uh, obviously, the last few years, uh, Cantley twice, Ram. Uh, Bryson, although he wasn't quite the player he is, well, wasn't until recently um, when he won here. So, um, so you can get some outsiders coming here. Um, the one thing I noticed now, and I'm sure you probably noticed this, that um, course history here doesn't seem to really count for much, does it? Um, uh, with, with the guys, uh, uh, you know, have won here, a lot of them haven't done much here before. Did you pick up on that? Yeah, it's a strange one because it's one of the places where you would expect uh, course form with that. But I think maybe it's just because sometimes. It, it, it plays quite tough off the tee that if you if you have a bad week with it with your driver then you, you stand absolutely no chance you know uh holding the greens or getting anywhere near the greens from the higher off is just so you know anybody who turns up with a misbehaving driver then you know you're looking at a miscut or well down the field i think that's maybe why we see a, a slight bit of variance in, in results 
Yeah, and uh, I mean, I tend to look more here at um, the correlating form, and I'll be touching on that on a few of my picks as I go through, but uh, uh, there's an obvious line through to sort of some of the other par 72 tracks um, uh, where the, the sort of par five eaters, if you like, can can thrive to a certain extent. And obviously, I don't know, Tiger could win anywhere, but of course, he, he loved it around here just as he loved it uh, at Bay Hill. Um, we've seen Bryson win at both uh, Bay Hill and here. Um, uh, obviously, um, uh, Rory's got a good, re decent record here and, and loves Bay Hill. Uh, and then we can um, look at, the, you know, somewhere like Augusta, even where Hideki's one at both tracks with the past 72. So, uh, yeah, it's, um, um, you know, to me, there's an obvious correlation with some of those uh, those other sort of um, uh, classical par 72 tests that we see. Uh, so let's get on to our picks anyway. We've um, uh, given it enough a bit of an in introduction. So I'm, I'm going to start things off because uh, my first pick is the shortest price player that either me or Nile are going for. And... Um, uh, you, you mentioned him already, uh, Niall, you knew I was alluding to him. And I'm going to chance Cam Smith as my first selection this week. And uh, he's available at 20 to 1. Uh, I've gone two points each way, uh, fifth of the odds, first eight. And, yeah, I, I mean, the elephant in the room here, if you like, with Cam, is that his course form is horrible. Uh, and uh, he's been talking about this. I mean, I think he's managed two cuts out of six visits uh, and hasn't finished better than 65th. So... He's been atrocious here, and I guess you could draw a line through him on the basis of thinking, you know, it just doesn't fit his eye or, or, or what have you. But Cam Smith this year is a very different player to the Cam Smith we've seen over recent years. And, and the Cam Smith over recent years has had a habit of starting the year well, going completely AWOL from around sort of May onwards, and then reappearing around playoff time to play a bit better again and um he's not doing that this year and his long game is is superb uh he leads the tour in approach play um he was number one in approach play at the pga championship a couple of weeks ago and it was only uncharacteristically the putter that let him down uh and everything to me screams that cam smith should like this course uh obviously as i say he, he's iron play his approach play he's got the short game all right he didn't putt well at um uh, southern hills but uh we, we know he's got a superb short game both on and around the greens uh he leads the tour in par five scoring this season um so everything points to cam smith to me he loves it at augusta which uh obviously tie, ties nicely here so um so i just couldn't I, I mean it was one of those that if i'd ignored him on the course form um i'd have been kicking myself um if i had um uh yeah if he'd come in because just everything said to me cam smith for this week so uh yeah so that's uh uh that that's why uh i'm kicking things off with cam this week did did he cross your radar nile at all or did, did you stick a line through due to the lack of course form yeah well it wasn't obviously a big fan of the course form it makes for really grim reading it yeah when i backed him on the pga and you know i was absolutely tearing my hair out I, I couldn't believe what i seen on the on the greens you know someone who you come to rely upon so much just look, could not hold a thing Mm -hmm. So that was slightly worrying. I wouldn't like that to, you know, linger for any length of time. But more than anything else, I didn't. I, I was a bit worried about his form off the tee, and I was wondering, or not his form off the tee, but you know, I was wondering whether that's contributed to the course form down here, down the years. He lies 135th on tour on dri and driving accuracy. You know, mm -hmm. that's obviously an old school stat, but 
it's something that would slightly worry me around here. And after the putting display at the PGA, it was it was just kind of enough to put me off. Yeah. So yeah, well, um, I, I can see it. And as I say, if if he goes and finishes sixty eighth again or misses the cut or something, then I guess uh, we'll be plenty saying, well, yeah, his, his course form was rubbish, and he obviously doesn't like the course. So, uh, but I, I just think his form is so different now to what it's been literally pretty much every other time he's pitched up here over recent years that I just thought I was happy to take a chance and stick a line through the, through the course form. So uh, so it's Cam Smith to open things up for me, and uh, I believe it's another Cam um, for you, Noel, to start things off. Yeah, Cameron Young this time, uh, around a 33-1 to one mark out back to eight places. I think there was maybe 40-1 to one out there. But, uh, yeah, I've just been hugely impressed with Cameron Young all season. Uh, you know, he was just outside the top 500 in the world just a little over a year ago, and now he's inside the top 30. Uh, first season and tour, it's resulted in three runner-up finishes and two third-place finishes, which is absolutely astonishing. At the end of the day, uh, you know, akin to golfers down the years who have come on tour and, and taken to it like a duck to water, just like Spieth and the likes of Hovland and Morikawa and, and Wolf at the beginning of his PJ Tour career as well. Uh, you know, I th- one of the interesting things was that the, one of the, the common denominator in his best performances all year is, is that there's been a, you know, uh, golf courses where you really need good ball striking. You know, obviously Riviera, he was second. Uh, he was second at, at PPC Potomac as well, at the, the, the Wales Fargo. Or is that the Avenue? TPC Avenue? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, TBC yeah, Fargo. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought, was, I thought it was getting mixed up there, but yeah, I, don't, I, mean, I actually think that Wells Fargo test is a, uh, it's it's a it's good preparation for this. I thought it was good preparation for the PGA, and and I know that was uh, backed up by by Cameron Young finishing third again at the PGA. You know, and then third at the, at, at Harbour Town is a really interesting one as well. Uh, you know, that's a course that you would. You wouldn't uh, really associate Cameron Cameron Young with, you know. Obviously, it's mm. still early day, days in his career. You know, you don't want to obviously pigeonhole him as a you know a, a Tita Green bomber, so to speak. But yeah, you know, the, I thought that uh, that performance was particularly impressive, and almost in the you know like Scheffler playing well at the Colonial last week, that you know. Is there a, a dynamic kind of change in a golfer? Some of these golfers can just play any types of course. You know, that's you know, you, you look at Cameron Young playing well at, at Riviera, uh, Avenel, and then you know Southern Hills, and there and there's reason you, you can see reasoning behind that. But then you know, us from from a punting perspective, you know, look you look at Harbour Town and you think. You think of the likes of Luke Donald and guys, and guys like that. You know, is is the you know dynamic changing, so to speak, even in those events? You know, I, I think it's interesting, like for the likes of Schaffler to play well at Colonial. You know, it, it's a real warning sign that you know these golfers are so versatile these days yeah. that they can literally play on any table edge. Now, obviously, the uh, course this week isn't isn't a Harbour Town type course, but yeah. nevertheless, it's a it's a tough test from Tita Green, and I think uh, Cameron Young could 
could pass that, that test with flying colours. And you know, obviously third, second, third is his is his form leading in here, which is incredible. And I think you know if he if he gets a win on the board soon, I think you'll see him alongside uh, the likes of you know Sanders Schofler in the market now. It's just a case of getting over the line, and mm-hmm. yeah, it shouldn't be too long. Yeah, I mean, he's certainly the flavour of the month at the moment, as you'd expect him to be, as I say, with third, second, third in his, his last three starts. And, and I guess what's what's been really impressive to me about him is, is that, uh, yeah, of course, he's, he's not been um, up there every week, but he, he's already produced, as you say, f- you know, five, um, you know, really good performances now. Uh, and um, uh, he, he got on tour, basically, as a... A result of uh, pretty much around this time of year, which is a good good thing for you, obviously. Uh, uh, the two back to back wins, didn't they, on the Corn Ferry Tour last last year, yeah. uh, and sort of either side of that, or certainly after that, I think he was um, he was struggling again. So it almost looked like he could sort of become a bit of a sort of Martin Trainer type sort of player who could sort of pop up out mm-hmm. of nowhere, knows how to win, but then he's going to be missing cuts sort of um, right, left and centre after that. But instead he's come out on tour uh, and, um, uh, y- y- you know, he's, um, uh, yeah, he's absolutely flying, taken to it like a duck to water. Obviously he's got the length and the game, the modern game. Um, so, you know, we no surprise to see him... Um, uh, you know, produce another big week. I guess from my point of view, I've sort of missed the boat on him a bit over the last few weeks, and he was a little bit short for me now. But um, y- y- you know, I maybe find myself kicking myself. Um, j- just coming back to your point about um, an interesting point about uh, is the dynamic changing on some of these sort of uh, tracks that um, you know perhaps uh, used to historically favour the. The, the sort of um, the, the the plodders or the shorter hitters um, uh, and what have you, and it was interesting. Burns said after he won um, at Colonial last night. I, I read sort of uh, uh, some notes of his interview. He said that um, his press conference. Uh, he said that he had decided the way to play Colonial was to sort of grip it and rip it, basically. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, to get it out there, not to sort of uh, you, you know plot your way around Kevin Kisner style or whatever. And uh, I mean. Didn't, he didn't mention Kevin Kisner, I'm saying that. But, um, no. yeah, so, so he just sort of felt that the way to play it was to get it down as far as possible off the tee, basically. So uh, did, he actually, did he actually mention Kevin Kisner? No, no, he didn't mention Kevin. That was no. me. He mentioned <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> no, no, but basically he, he just said that uh, he felt the way to play Colonial was to give mm. it away, basically, off the tee. And, uh, yeah, it's interesting. I think we're seeing more of these types contained around them types of courses. It's definitely yeah. a, a, I'm beginning to wonder whether, you know, you know, that's one of the things I suppose as punters and as uh you know as as riders and as folk who try to advise people are trying how to make money at this game, you gotta be versatile and sometimes yeah, you gotta yeah. change your mind and sometimes things do just change in the game and that, uh, there are a few signs that just around those tracks, like I say, like Harbortown and you know, Colonial last night, the, the, the dynamic is slightly changing, I think. Yeah, yeah, you're quite possibly right. Um but um yeah, I'm certainly uh not, uh, not arguing with you putting him up this week because he's obviously on a tear at the moment and uh, no one would be surprised to see him get a win. Uh, he obviously knows how to win, as so we saw last year. Um, my second pick, though, I'm going to go with a guy um, who actually, sorry, no, before I give my second pick, uh, you've got a song for Cam. I'm really I'm just, uh, yeah. running away with myself there. So what's uh, what's your, your next musical selection, now? Yeah, I'll uh, play Stay Young by Oasis. Obviously, B-side to, do you know what I mean, back then mm-hmm. and like, great Oasis single so yeah an excuse to play Stay Young it's an absolute belter 
Fair enough. Uh, and uh, I think it's that the third or the fourth time Oasis have made the pod. Not uh, not not surprising. I'm, I'm still waiting to uh, um, get Columbia on by um, uh, mm. uh, by them because that's my favourite track. And unfortunately, last week we didn't have a pod. Uh, otherwise, um, I could have got it on last week because uh, I put. Um, uh, put Sebastian Munoz up, so but uh, <laughs> uh, there you go. Um, but um, yeah, so uh, Oasis on the pod, and you'll be able to listen to the playlist afterwards on Spotify. Uh, and um, before actually I get to my second pick, I'm going to let you roll out your second pick because yours is slightly shorter price than mine. And I believe you're going with a guy who, if he wins, will be my head in hands moment because I've been on him about five times this year, and I've just finally decided to draw a line for this week because I just mm. couldn't do it again so uh, tell us more now yeah i've went in again uh you know i thought he was a really really nice price at the masters i think i got above 50 to 1 there on the monday yeah and i was really excited about that bet now obviously this is different we're getting 25 to 1 this week and mm. i was hoping for maybe a bit bigger but i just couldn't leave him off the list again uh as, as you say it's a mystery how he hasn't won this year mm. uh performing as one of the uh best golfers tee to green on the planet basically mm. like there's not many better than him mm. and uh you know the club that has often been an issue throughout his career the putter has uh been very consistent this year and uh that's mm. actually he's on course for actually his best uh putting year on the pga tour in his career so if he if, if he keeps that up obviously mm. but uh obviously that's complemented his long game it's been uh 23rd on tour this year mm. from tee to green and, uh, you know, looking back at Port Rush, I was actually really annoyed with myself that I wasn't on that week. Mm. Uh, it was one of those kind of obvious selections looking back that I really should have been backing. Mm. And, you know, even that week, I thought to myself, you know, does his career peak here? And mm. does he does he struggle to reach those heights again? And, yeah, maybe he struggled for a few months afterwards, but he quickly got back on the, on the horse and... Uh, his golf this year has just been off the charts and sooner or later it has to result in a win uh, and I think Muirfield's a, a decent spot for him I think he, he got the grips with it last year he, he finished sixth mm. uh, and I think maybe possibly the, the greens being relayed would help him he never had a, a very good putting record previous to mm. that around here so I'm hoping that it, that it was actually the greens last year that seen the most of the improvement Uh Sixth last year. Now, obviously, twenty-five to one. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't scream off the page. I have to say, but uh, it was one who the Irishman. I just couldn't leave him off the list. Yeah, as I say, I've been on him. I've been on him five times, but I was on him at the Masters, and obviously, we did get return there. I was on him at the Players. Uh, I was on him somewhere else in between. <laughs> I was on him at the PGA, so I've probably been on him on him four times. And uh, uh, yeah, you, you sort of think there's definitely something big coming, don't you? And uh, uh, I suppose I was just slightly put off at the price. And uh, um, I guess he was a little bit more lackluster at the PGA. So you sort of wonder if um, perhaps... Because uh, it's been a funny it's been a funny time. And actually, I'm going to allude to this um, uh, with one of my other picks in a, in a minute. Um, uh, but it's been a bit of a funny time on tour the last sort of couple of months in that uh, um, there's been a lot of players or are a lot of players who haven't actually played that much golf over the last couple of months. Um, or certainly not sort of um, solo stroke play events because you know we've had the match play we've had the zurich event we've had a couple of events that perhaps are the sort of lesser 
um, you know, lesser fields like sort of Mexico and, and the Byron Nelson and, and, and what have you. You know, obviously a lot of the guys, um, or some of the guys weren't in the Masters. So, um, so, you, so you've had players, I mean, who sort of came to the PGA sort of quite under golf like Cantlay and it certainly showed there. Um, and, um, you, you know, obviously Shane had a lot of golf going through the... Uh, uh, the players, sort of Honda players, Masters period, um, and um, it might just be that uh, you, you know he's he's sort of um, you know he's off for a little bit now. But um, yeah, I, I just I just couldn't bring myself to pull the trigger again, which means he'll probably go and win. So, uh, um, but uh, but instead, I I went with Patrick Reed, uh, who I, I just thought at the price. Um, obviously, we're talking about Shane's price, and um, uh, obviously Shane's been in far better form as a whole. Uh, but um, I guess the art for us um, uh, golf punters is to latch on to the guy when he's coming back into form or showing the form, but before you, you know the the bookies catch up with them completely, if you like, price wise. Uh, and um, fifty to one for Patrick Reed for eight places each way. Uh, if he has turned the corner. Uh, the last couple of weeks, uh, to me, just looks a very big price for someone who's such a proven winner uh, as he is when you compare it to, obviously, some of the other the other guys. And, um, I mean, obviously, the problem with Patrick Reed has been off the tee. He's been all over the shop. Um, I think his rankings for the season are 192nd off the tee, 182nd tee to green, and 174th in approach play, which is pretty horrific stuff. And as you say, no, I wasn't going to get him very far around here, but um, if that's the sort of form he brings in. But uh, uh, at the PGA and then, obviously, at Colonial, he's certainly shown a lot more um positive signs uh 34th at the pga and then seventh at uh, uh at colonial uh and uh he ranked ninth in his approach play at southern hills uh and 34th from t to green and then he was 15th both in approach play and t to green um at uh colonial uh and then if we look at um uh, obviously, his form on um, comparable type of tracks. Uh, he's uh, uh, he's produced uh, three top twelve um, finishes uh, in his last four visits to Quail Hollow. Uh, he's obviously won, needless to say, at uh, Augusta. Um, he's uh, performed decently at Bay Hill. Uh, he was in the top ten at uh, the Concession Club for that one-off event um, a couple of years ago uh, or last year, and. Um, uh, He's performed well here as well. He's got uh, um, uh, some uh, positive finishes in over the recent years. Uh, top ten in his last two outings. So, so I just thought if he's, you, you know, if he has turned the corner, I just thought fifty to one was very big. So it's uh, it's uh, Patrick Reed uh, for me. Any any, any thoughts on uh, Captain America from your end, now? Yeah, he's certainly under my equations too. Uh, you know, as you say, the last couple of weeks there there aren't that many negatives anyway. So. Uh, yeah, as you say, it's it's just one of those that you know you're kind of taking a chance on that you know if he's back then, then the price is big, and I, I guess that's the gamble in it. Uh, uh, I would have preferred maybe a slightly better effort off the tee in the last couple of weeks. Maybe you know if it, if there was a sure sign his game was back off the tee, then yeah, it would be a, it would be a huge bet at that price. But yeah, as you say, it's just one to take a chance on. Yeah, I mean, as you know, don't be wrong. I was watching him at Colonial over the weekend, and there was still uh, still a bit of wild stuff in there. Certainly, you know, I think he made a bogey at the easy par five first yesterday, and um, uh, so he's still a little bit all over the place. But then, if you look at some of his wins, uh, they've often come after a missed cut or, or what have you. So he's not one of these guys that 
you know, he's not like a Billy Horschel or whatever, where you need to see him sort of trending with a run of top tens before he finally posts a win. He can, he can sort of, um, uh, you know, pop up with a win after he's had sort of gone 34th missed cut or something like that. So, um, so uh, yeah, he's, he was, um, he, he was certainly worth risking for me. So uh, at the price, so it's uh, Patrick Reed, a point each way for me, fifth of the odds, first eight. Um, and um, I'm going to let you run through a couple of your guys now, now, because, uh, um, you, you've got uh, well, you've got six players this week, and I've got five. So, and, and you've got a couple of guys there. Uh, uh, one uh, one who featured very prominently at the players, and another who was uh, up the nicely at the PGA the other week. So, I'll, I'll let you talk us through a couple more of your picks. Yeah, I'm uh, really excited about Brian Steele actually, uh, and thankfully I got in there before Ben this week, so yeah. I, I got the top price. So uh, there's always advantages to be doing a podcast on a Monday night that you get it out early. So. Uh, yeah, Brandon Steele's long game has been a tremendous neck all year. So, uh, and he's got a, he's on a run of seven made cuts here on the trot at uh, Muirfield Village. Now he's never really come close to winning or, or, or contending, but nevertheless, seven made cuts is a consistent effort around a track like this. Uh, I just think the upside's huge. You know, this season we've had he was third tee to green at Bay Hill. Fifth tee to green at Sawgrass and fourth tee to green at the PGA at uh, Southern Hills just last time out. That's an incredible run of figures for someone like Brandon Steele. And uh, maybe a shade unlucky that he actually hasn't got you know some better results this year than what he has. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in any given week at the minute, you know, he's got the ability to punch up with the best in the game from tee to green. So, uh, I'm hoping that he just manages to hold a few putts this week. Uh, you know, as I've mentioned before, you know, guys with a you know a slightly dodgier short game, you know, enter enter my equation this week. So, yeah, still fits the bill. And it was 150 to one available early on. I thought that was a really nice price. And, and at the same price, uh, I'll go for another Aussie and Matt Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he has a runner up in a third place finish this year, and you know you. you you know what you get with Matt Jones, you know, it's it's, it's almost boomer bust, but uh, he was seventh in the field at Colonial uh, on approach play, which, you know, is quite eye-catching for Matt Jones. That's the department where he's been struggling. So if he manages to keep that approach play uh, heading to Howe this week, then I think he might have a chance. We've seen him, you know, obviously tear the field apart at PGA National. It's another Nicholas design. Yeah. Uh, won by five shots there uh, last year. At the Honda, so you know that's another pos- positive to his chances this week. Uh, you know, it's maybe a tall order to think of him winning a, in a field like this, but nevertheless, you know, he's fantastic off the tee on his day, he hits the ball mm-hmm. a long way. So, you know, if his approach play, you know, matches up uh, the last week, you know, you're looking at 150 to one, someone who you know mm-hmm. won last year and played very well in a way with some of the best golfers in the world, obviously, in January. In the first mm-hmm. event, uh, you know, 150 to one, I thought looked quite tasty. Yeah, um, he's like you say, he's got the form obviously at PGA National, which which ties well here. And, and hasn't Brendan Steele got some decent form at PGA National as well? Didn't yeah, he? he does, uh, yeah. Come, come, come close to winning it um, over recent yeah. years. But um, uh, it's interesting to say about Brendan Steele. Actually, I'm doing wrong. I wasn't. I wasn't considering you know he wasn't um uh someone i was considering jumping on on this week particularly but uh i did at the pga where he went on and finished 
top 10, obviously, I think. Um, uh, I just remember glancing at him beforehand on the exchange because uh, he was a 1,000 on the exchange. And you sort of, you know, how you sort of look down the 1,000 uh, to one shots, if you like, on the exchange just to sort of see if anyone grabs your eyes as worth a couple of quid. And I, I didn't put any money on him, but I just remember looking at him and thinking, oh, Brendan's, still, you know, he's, he's, he's capable. This could be his type of track. That's a bit generous. So, uh, mm -hmm. um, yeah, and, uh, I mean, he was, you know, I don't suppose he would have traded any short on about 200 to one or something on the exchange because he was never really in the um uh, you know in, in in the mix as it were but um uh but uh yeah he's, he's certainly um as you say the long game's ticking along nicely so i can understand why why you like him and as you say ben's put him up as well i think so uh and uh, i certainly get the logic with, with matt jones um you know he's a uh, his strength is on the green, so if uh, if they are running fast on the stint meter, I think Jack likes to get them to twelve or thirteen on the stint meter. So if they are running fast, then he should yeah. uh, should should be at home. So um, yeah, I, I actually I actually considered going heavier on Brandon Steele. You know, at one point each way at, at one hundred and fifty to one, and you know, it's one of them things as a tipster you way up. And I'm I'm thinking to myself. You know, I don't need 300 points if he wins. You know, I'd be happy enough for 150, but nevertheless, I thought yeah. the 150 to one was certainly worth considering a heftier stake. I was that, uh, I was that keen on the price, but nevertheless, I still just went up one point each way. Yeah, well, I'm looking at him now. Obviously, with you putting him up and Ben putting him up, needless to say, there's a, a fair amount of blue on odds checker. Uh, you can only get um, 100 to one now for the eight places. Um, uh, actually, uh, do I, do I no, 100 to 1 for the eight places, uh, 150 to 1 for five places, uh, or um, uh, 80 to 1 if you want the, the 10 places with, with ball sports. So, uh, but, um, yeah, he's, um, yes, yeah, certainly I can see why, uh, why people are jumping on board. So, uh, my next selection is, is also someone who's sort of, um, Perhaps uh, no more as a, a Tita Green um, uh, exponent than uh, certainly on, on the greens, and uh, uh, I'm I'm chancing Keith Mitchell. Uh, and um, just I was saying a minute ago with uh, uh, about uh, how sort of you know some some players are a little bit sort of under golfed at, at the moment, and, and Mitchell was sort of tearing it up a little bit earlier in in the year. He had a run of um, three three top twelves. Uh, earlier in this in the season, but um, uh, the last couple of months he's not really done anything on paper. But then he's um, hardly played. Basically, uh, I mean, he was he was thirteenth, um, I think it was at, uh, at Sawgrass, uh, and then um, basically since then he was in the match play. Uh, uh, I think he was in the pairs event, but uh, other than that, uh, he came back out at the Briar and Nelson and uh, made the cuts, and um, then uh, he performed very nicely at the PGA. So I wouldn't necessarily say his form's tailed off. He's just not really played a lot of golf. Um, but what caught my eye at the PGA uh, was that um, he was fourth in driving accuracy. Uh, he ranked third off the tee that week. Um, he putted poorly on day one, but then um, obviously his putter can be his weak link, but then he uh, putted very nicely for the next uh, ne next three days. And um, uh, he gained over three shots on the greens on Sunday at Southern Hills. So, uh, so it was a nice performance all round, and um, he, he comes to a venue that he's he's never really done anything tremendous at. But he was twenty second here last time, which was his best effort to date. Um, and 
Uh, he has all the form on the right courses. Again, the, the, the same tracks we keep coming back to. Of course, he, he's, his only win came at PGA National. Um, he's got two six, top six finishes at Bay Hill. Uh, he's got a third place finish um, on, on his resume at Quell Hollow. Uh, so he, he, again, sort of ticks all the boxes. And he's up there in the top 10 on par five scoring this season, which um, he hasn't been um, uh, over the last couple of years. He's been, um, for someone who hits it as long as he does, he's been pretty shocking on the par five scoring averages. He's been sort of around about 100th or, or, or lower. So um, this season, now he's eighth on the par five scoring averages. So so I just thought, um, yeah, he, it, we, we know he can compete in these these type of sort of big boy events uh, where a bit of length off the tee and the par fives uh, come into play. Uh, and as I say, he's got all form on all the right courses. So I was um, um, lured to him by his, uh, uh, so his good earlier season form, but his eye-catching performance um, over at Southern Hills. So uh, I've got 125 to 1 on Keith Mitchell, one point each way, fifth, fifth of the odds, first eight. Uh, and um, I'm going to uh, roll a song out for Keith. Uh, a bit of a sort of um, join the dots here, but Keith's win his only win today is to date as i mentioned came at the honda uh and uh of course uh hondas are cars as we know uh and cars was uh a, a single from gary newman way back in the day uh i don't know you were, you were a bit of a sort of gary newman fan back in the uh, late 70s oh, yeah that? yeah absolutely as you know it's a, it's a genre that i love uh yeah that i like a lot so yeah it's a it's a yeah. strenuous link there, you know. Yeah, a very you know. tenuous link. If yeah. you, you think that's tenuous, you wait for one of my other links that's coming up in about <laughs> 10 minutes or so. That really will be a join the dots one. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, so it's Cars by Gary Newman. It came from his, because um, initially he was Chu Wai Army, of course, and uh, the classic Our Friends Electric. Uh, and then about six months after that, he um, it was Gary Newman uh, uh, producing solo stuff, and I think it was the Pleasure Principle, the 1979 album, and the single is Cars, which were I think was a number one hit. Um, and um, yeah, as we know, music is of course huge, hugely important uh, part of this pod, uh, and. Um, Obviously, as I say, we put the playlist out every week and talk um, not quite as much music as golf, but a, a decent amount of music. And uh, I, I know it's been a tough week for you, Niall, on a personal front, because um, uh, I, I know you're a huge fan and had also a personal connection with um, uh, the band Dep Depeche Mode. And uh, obviously, we had a very sad loss of um, Andy Fletcher over the last, uh, last week. Yeah, very sad news indeed. Uh... Uh, Andy's a, a cousin of mine. Uh, probably anyone who tuned in the last podcast that we we chatted a, a small bit about it never never thought on the next podcast that we'd be ch chatting about his death. But uh, yeah, a huge surprise and a huge loss. It's actually been quite quite comforting to read the tributes and and see. You know, obviously there's been a lot of articles written about him in the past couple of days, and and then the bands taken to the stage over the weekend. That's that's been very nice uh tributes from you know the likes of the pet shop boys and uh churches and the mission and you know there's there's been a lot of bands that have paid homage to him on stage the last couple of nights omd being another one obviously big fans of the pest mode but uh you know andy was the glue in that band he really was actually reading an article a couple of days ago described him as a player manager i thought that was a very uh apt term to use for him you know he was often uh you know not 
yeah, he would freely admit he wasn't the most talented in the band, but he was the, he was the guy who kept the band together. Often often known as the glue, he was, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he was he was instrumental in keeping the band together and keeping the keeping the albums coming. And I'm sure there might, there there probably would have been another one. We were obviously as fans. We we would have been hoping for you know an announcement of a new album and a new tour next year, and Fletch would have been the one to to get the the two main guys together, Dave and Martin, and I'm sure that would have been done in the next couple of months, and we would have been looking at a new album and a new tour, which is very disappointing. You know, as a as, as a person, he was, you know, great crack to be fair. He, you know, he loved an argument too, did Fletch. You know, <laughs> obviously when we were going backstage pre-concerts and before and after concerts, you didn't know which, you didn't know what version of Fletch you were going to get. You know what I mean? It was often, you know, a real gamble as though you know, what kind of mood you were going to get him in. It was mm-hmm. he loved he loved the ride, loved about rabbit football, loved the rabbit music, anything. But he, he was a giant in a room and. I was always interested in your opinion on things and often you know obviously we're we were related but often me and my brother you know after concerts he, he would look to us you know as a, almost a, as a litmus test of, of what the fans thought of, thought of the gig because obviously mm-hmm. we could tell him the truth if or often that he didn't like you know what i mean you, you didn't want to give him any bad truths because he, he he would just disagree with it if there was anything <laughs> negative, but that was the kind of man he was. But mm. nevertheless, he valued our opinion on, on stuff and on the music. And, you know, uh, yeah, it's just very sad and very sudden. And, uh, you know, uh, you know what? And I think on the first day, you know, when I found out, and obviously it, it took a few hours afterwards to hit the news, it, it almost didn't feel real until, mm. you know, the rest of the world knew about it. It was very strange. And uh, I think I almost you grieve for, for part of the family that day. But I woke up the next day and, and grieved as a fan, just like everyone else, I think. And I think that's, yeah. you know, it, it hit me a lot, you know, in, in the coming days, just what we've lost as uh, as fans of the band. And, you know, obviously I've met lots of friends through concerts we've been to and had lots of parties and great times. And, and obviously they they come to an end or you know if the band does continue it, it'll almost never be the same but mm-hmm. yeah it's uh very sad and you know it's actually it's very nice to read the tributes and see what's going on online and in the and in the press though yeah i mean from my own perspective i mean obviously i had no connection in the way you did the band whatsoever but um i was actually brought up in essex which is where obviously the band were from so uh they were from uh, basildon weren't they sort of just down, down the road in essex and uh, uh i just remember when they first uh Kate came on the scene, if you like, and it was, uh, oh, there's this band from Basildon who was sort of, uh, uh, and I'll confess at the time, I was, because I was very much into sort of, um, you know, I, mean, I was only like, um, I wasn't even a teenager, I think, barely then, but I was into music quite early. And um, I, I just remember uh, sort of, um, you know, because I sort of listened to New Wave and the Jam and that kind of thing. Uh, I was, I'll readily admit, I was quite sort of dismissive of this sort of new romantic stuff, as it were. So, mm. um, and, uh, you know, I remember the first thing, was it New Life, the first single? And, and um, yeah. I, I was sort of, um, you know, I wasn't, wasn't, wasn't a fan, to be brutally honest, at, at that point. But uh, the band just sort of, you know, obviously you could tell... Uh, because of course the vast amount of those 
bands just sort of you know fell fell by the wayside out of the sort of uh, uh, the scene, if you like. Um, uh, but obviously they they evolved and and developed, and and obviously you got to see what you know great songwriters they were, and and uh, uh, as, as times went you know went on, songs like Everything Counts and Enjoy the Silence and and what have you, uh, you know, absolutely crack, cracking tunes. And um, yeah, so I I can only look at this from a sort of uh, a music fan's perspective, if you like, and obviously what a sad loss it is. And sometimes from a music fan's point of view, you sort of uh, forget that, um, you know, when when sort of a public figure uh, passes away that, uh, you know, they had had fa- sort of, you know, fa- family, personal life and what have you. And that's obviously um, who you've got to, you know, obviously your heart goes out to at the moment. But, um, yeah, so um, I appreciate it's been a very di- difficult week for you. And, um, uh, and interestingly, you know, you, you say from Essex, or, you know, where, the, where they grew up in Basildon, mm-hmm. uh, Fletch was in the same class in school as Alison Moy, Vince Clark, mm-hmm. uh, Perry Bamonte. It's an incredible uh, musical uh, mm-hmm. school that there. It's unbelievable that they all came through the same place. And, Obviously, Alison Moye is great friends with with Andy too. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's unbelievable the talent that's gone through that spot. Yeah, no, and um, the only other famous person, I, and I'm sure there might be someone listening from Basildon who'll put me right here, but the only other famous person away from the musical connections you've just mentioned that I know of who came, came comes from Basildon is Stuart Ball Run Bingham. Uh, he comes from <laughs> Basildon as well. So uh, uh, that's the only f- famous son of Basildon I, I, I know of, but um, I'm sure there might uh, might well be more out there. But uh, yeah, as I say, a, a very, very sad loss. And um, uh, I believe you, you've you um, got a song um, not related to this week's golf at all, but obviously wanted to have it on there, a, a song that you particularly picked, which, um, uh, you, you know, was um, uh, yeah a, a Depeche Mode song you, you, you picked for the pod. Yeah, it's off uh, Violator, uh, arguably Depeche Mode's best best album, uh, certainly critically, what critic wise anyway, and uh, it's World in My Eyes, which is actually Fletch's favourite Depeche Mode song. Great, and um, yeah, um, again, listen to that on the pod afterwards, and uh, um, it's not a song I usually no but uh if it's um obviously one of the band members um favorite songs then it's um certainly worth listening to so um yeah back to the golf and um hopefully on a more positive note my next selection uh is one that uh, um i'm hoping will finally bring me some joy this week uh, uh and i'm back on the patrick rogers train uh now um i don't really even need to sort of make the case for patrick rogers because it's uh um, one that uh, you probably have uh, parrot fashion learnt me making before on several occasions, but uh, to be fair, I've not actually uh, sided with parrot. Pat, pat, um, um, uh, I've not parrot fashioned Patrick's case for a few weeks now, a few months. So uh, it's uh, time to jump back on board. And I always look at Patrick um, on this type of venue and this type of course. Um, he's his forms there for all all of us to see uh, at um, again Quail Hollow. Uh, he's performed well at Bay Hill. Uh, he's um, a little bit erratic, um, tea to green, but uh, he seems to like these type of uh, long classical tests um, where he's... Um, Big hitting can attack the par fives. Uh, I do also like that he played well in Mexico because I think that's another par seventy two that uh, uh, could potentially tie in nicely here. And obviously John John Rahm won there. Not that he's not capable of winning anywhere. So, uh, but I thought that was another good 
good feather in the cap. And um, uh, he's been um, 8th and 18th on two of his last three starts at Muirfield Village. Uh, and um, Patrick's one of those players that he doesn't really need to be, you know, he can pop up out of nowhere and post a top 10 when he's missed six cuts running or whatever is. He, he's very sort of inconsistent in out player. But we know he's got the game. Um, um, and this is my parrot fashion repeat that to what I always say about him. We know he's got the game. We know he's got the talent. Uh, and we know that it will eventually all come together for him. Uh, and there's just been some positive signs over the last few weeks. I mentioned the Mexico performance. Um, he performed well. Uh, last week at Colonial. Uh, of course, he hasn't really um, done anything at uh, over the years at all. Uh, and uh, he closed out with a 66 on Sunday, um, gaining um, just under four shots from tee to green uh, and three shots in approach play, which can be his weak link. So, um, unfortunately, Ben's put him up. So, um, I've been beaten to the punch slightly on the price, but uh, uh, you can still get 150 to one uh, for eight places each way, which I still think is worth um, uh, worth a risk. So um, I'm chancing Patrick again uh, for the first time in um, in a few months, and uh, I think as and when he comes good, uh, it'll be something a bit like when sort of Max Homer say one at Quail Hollow or something like that, where he. he finally just strings it all together, you know, shows the talent we know he has for, uh, and strings it all together for, for four days. So um, it's um, Patrick Rogers for me. And uh, are you ready for a very spurious join the dots musical connection now? Go on ahead. Okay. So bear with me here. So the song uh, is Neutral Milk Hotel in the aeroplane over the sea. Uh, and uh, uh, I don't know if you know the tune, but um, uh, are you a fan of Parks and Recreation? Have you ever, ever watched that at all? A TV show? No, no, no that's new to me. Never, never heard of Parks and Rec? Well, I've lo lost you already here then. So uh, yeah. um, if, you, if you like a good comedy show, um, I think they actually show it on Sky Comedy now, but it was initially, um, uh, obviously it's an American show. Uh, and um, you've you literally never heard of it. So it's... Um, uh, it's about a lady who um, works in the parks and recreation department uh, and um, basically wants to sort of uh, uh, organise it. And, um, you know, she's Mrs. Enthusiastic around the parks and recreation department. And she's got this team of people who work around her. Uh, and it's set in a fictitious town called Pawnee in Indiana. Uh, and this is the link here, you see, because Indiana is where Pat Rogers is from originally. Uh, and this show is set in Pawnee, Indiana. And um, there is a character in this show called April. And April has a romance with a guy called Andy, um, who is played by, um, oh, God, I forget what his name is now, but he's now gone on to be quite a famous actor uh, in comedy stuff. And um, basically, Andy and April do some couples therapy. And Andy is in a band called Mouse Rat. Uh, <laughs> and April is asked to say, what, who her favourite band is. Um, and it's like one of these guess the answer of your couple, your partner gives. Uh, and he says, well, obviously it's Mouse Rat, isn't it? Because, um, uh, you know, they're my band and you love me sort of thing. To which she says, no, it's Neutral Milk Hotel. Uh, because April's a bit of a sort of um, uh, a closet goth sort of alternative character uh, who is sort of got some admin job in this parks and rec department that she doesn't really want. Uh, and her favourite band is Neutral Milk Hotel. So <laughs> the connection here is that we are in Pawnee, Indiana. Pat Rogers is from Pawnee, Indiana. Uh, and Neutral Milk Hotel um, comes up in um, 
uh, this show set in Pawnee, Indiana. Obviously, Pat Rogers isn't actually from Pawnee. He's just from Indiana because Pawnee doesn't exist. Uh, do you know Neutral Work Hotel? Uh, no, even if you don't know um, Parks and no, Rec. No, this is new and me too. <laughs> this is new and me, right? Okay, so yeah. uh, I've been rabbiting away here. Totally you lost. Have, <laughs> you have not got a Scooby as to what on earth I'm talking about. So, well, that's, um, that's what this podcast for, you know. This is what this podcast is for. The old tune, which is next. You can go and listen to No Lying Up and they'll be getting stuck into the stats from last week or what have you. And I'm <laughs> rabbiting away about Neutral Milk Hotel and Pawnee, Indiana and Parks and Recreation. And I'm probably going to have a fit of laughter now as well. But um, yeah, so Neutral Milk Hotel um, are a band, they're an American sort of folk rock band. Uh, and they released this album called In the Aeroplane Over the Sea, which was their second album, I believe, in 1998. And it has become a bit of a seminal cult classic. Uh, and it is basically, and this is where it sounds very maudlin, it is basically dedicated to the story of Anne Frank, uh, the whole album. Uh, and But it is an absolutely tremendous album. And if you don't know it, you must give it a listen. Uh, and I'm sure a few, you, you know, few people listening in will know it, um, but then quite a few won't, I'm sure. But uh, uh, In the Aeroplane Over the Sea is uh, the name of the album, and it's also the, the lead track, uh, first track on side one, if you like, of the album. So my very, very long-winded explanation of my song for Pat Rogers and his neutral milk hotel in the aeroplane over the sea uh, because of the April Ludgate Dwyer reference in Parks and Recreation. And there you go. Um, Niall, tell us about Anibam Lahiri while I get my breath back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's worked close a couple of times this year, so I thought he was, again, worth worth, uh, worth a tackle of triple figures. Uh, and obviously, we've had some surprise results of this event down the years and then some really obvious ones. And the real obvious ones being in the last couple of years, which could be a trend which continues, you know, we'll wait and see. Uh, but, yeah... Obviously, second at Sawgrass earlier on in the year was an was an unbelievable effort, and he showed since that it wasn't a flash in the pan. Uh, six at the Wells Fargo, which is you know that's two really tough tee to green tests that he's passed the the uh, pass with flying colours, obviously, and you know obviously this isn't just tee to green. This is you know you obviously need a good short game around here on the week to to contend, but. Uh, even when he missed a cut last time out at the PGA, he would have been top 20 on approach uh, after the first two rounds. It was just a horror show on the greens, his worst week on the greens uh, all year, actually. So I could easily see him bounce back from that and hold a few putts. Uh, and obviously, it's just a, his form this year certainly has not been a flash in the pan. And triple mm -hmm. figures, again, I think is worth chancing at a venue where he finished runner up at. Uh, uh, five or six years ago, obviously, so some good form here too. Uh, do you want me to run off the final pick? Yeah, go on then. Yeah, I'm still composing myself after Pawnee, Indiana. <laughs> so, yeah, run off your final pick. Yeah, the last one is a real shot in the dark, a 500 to 1 shot. I think there's actually bigger out there. Uh, and Justin Lohr, he's an Ohio native uh, playing in his home state. And, uh, you know, he's had a couple of good years now, obviously, in the Corn Ferry Tour, and now. Uh, heading to the, the main stage in the PGA Tour. He's yet to win on either tour, actually. But uh, if and when he gets into contention, you know, as I wrote in my preview, I think he might have the tools, to, you know, just to be a real surprise to get over the line, simply because of his uh, perspective and outlook on life. You know, there's a, there's a real sad story to this, you know, as I mm. 
he was 15 year old when uh he was waiting at a golf course to get picked up by his dad and his brother and uh, his dad and his brother were in an accident on the way and they were both tragically killed uh so there's a real and you know we've seen stories in the pga tour down the years nate nate lashley mm-hmm. is another one obviously that springs to mind when, when he won the pga tour it was a great uh it was a great positive spin yeah. and a great positive story after some real difficulties in his life this would be another obviously just nor especially because he's playing on his home state he will know the course well mm-hmm. and uh you know i think he's maybe just found his feet you know you know on the tour or Obviously, this is his first, you know, big season on the tour. But he was fifteenth on approach at Barrel Nelson uh, last time out, and he was seventeenth on approach at the Wells Fargo as well. You know, his uh, short game maybe just doesn't quite up to scratch for you know where you would think. You know, he's a real lively outsider here, but nevertheless, his long game is in good nick, especially his approach play. Mm-hmm. And given the story, and given that he's playing his home state and just playing slightly better recently you know than what he has been putting some decent results together and making a few cuts i thought it was worth a pop at 500 to one yeah he's um uh he, he, i think he actually had a start here many years ago i'm just yeah, he did, yeah. Yeah, he, yeah he got a start here so i'm assuming that again that's because the local connection probably got a sponsor's invite from jack or, or something i might be wrong maybe yeah. uh well no it's an invitation isn't it so he couldn't have monday qualified or anything like that so um yeah so he's obviously as you say got got the connection and, and i i think um he popped up on our screens a, a, a few weeks ago uh Maybe at the bar and Nelson. So perhaps he was was he going a bit better than his sort of forty sixth place uh, he ended up with? Was yeah, I think he was. Don't quote yeah. me on it. But I think he probably yeah. I think he was going better at one stage during the yeah. week. But yeah, was, yeah, you know, his approach play was excellent that week. You know, it's just yeah. that, it's, it seems to be a a trend basically that is a, a short game just kind of lets him down. You know, maybe prevents him from some better finishes. But nevertheless, I think he's. Uh, I think it's slightly better than what uh, slightly better golfer than what the odds suggest. And as I said, you know, just the story of his life so far, he would be one of those who could uh, benefit from actually being in contention, as opposed to you know one of those who you would you would kind of avoid until you you see him in the heat of battle. You know, he's made yeah. uh, three cuts in the trout at Mexico, Wells Fargo, and Byron Nelson. Now mm-hmm. he was tenth at Zurich, uh, obviously the team's event, fifteenth at Punta Cana. Thirty-fifth mm. at Puerto Rico, sixty-four. You know, he's, the results haven't been that bad. He's making plenty of cuts, so I think it just might be now that he's finding his feet, and there's half mm. a chance that he might go well in his home state on, on a course that he know. Yeah, well, there's been a bit. I'm assuming from you putting the selection up, there's been a little bit of money for him. So uh, I don't think you can get the five hundreds for the eight places now, but you can still get four hundreds um, as as we record this with Skybet for the eight places. Five uh, hundreds if you want some, um, uh, want want a few um, few less places, but you probably this sort of selection looking for for the more places already, aren't you? So, uh, but um, yeah, it's it's one of those, isn't it? You only need a. A pick like that to sort of, uh, you know, we're not talking about winning. Obviously, if you won, that would uh, be, be an incredible selection. But you're only looking for sort of one, one of these type of picks to pick a place up sort of, uh, uh, you, you know, once in every, uh, uh, I don't know, sort of um, uh, 20 times you put them up or something uh, or uh, 30 times you put them up and you're going to be making a nice profit on them, aren't you? So, um, uh, yeah, it's um, certainly at those odds, as you say, with connection, worth a roll of the dice. Um uh, my my final pick um, 
He's um, not quite as big odds as that, but you can get 250s for eight places for my final selection. Uh, and I'm going to um, chance Kurt Kitayama. Uh, it's uh, the first time I put him up this season on his, his debut season on the, on the PGA Tour. Uh, and uh, it's his first spin round uh, Muirfield Village. So there's obviously a bit of guesswork as to whether he's going to like it here or not. But it's just all to me about... Um, uh, the, uh, the the two standout results he's had so far this season have been on courses that, uh, you know, I think uh, tie, tie well here. I mean, the ob- obvious one at uh, PJ National, of course, uh, at Jack's Place, uh, where he, he posted a um, top three finish. Uh, and then um, more recently in Mexico, which I already mentioned as uh, being another sort of or a par 72 where... Uh, you can take advantage of the par fives. Obviously, he's a big hitter. Uh, and uh, he was runner-up to Ram there in, in Mexico. And, and, and although he's, I mean, he's a two-time winner on the DP World Tour, so the guy knows how to win a golf tournament, obviously, that goes without saying. Um, uh, and although he's, when he's been in contention and been on our screens this season, he started to look edgy and sort of all over the place, off the tee and, and what have you, he's, he's still found a way to keep himself in the hunt. He's shown a lot of character. He's always bounced back when he's sort of dropped a shot. He's you know, picks up a birdie on the next hole or, or what have you. And uh, and he's, he's stuck around gamely and he's, he certainly looks like he has the game to win out here. And he's, as we know he's a winner, as I say, from what he's done on on, on um, the DP World Tour. So uh, I just thought he would take to this track. Uh, his approach plays, he's more, I mean, he's a, he's a big hitter, but he's more than just a big hitter because um, uh, he's 25th on tour in approach play. So um, that should... Um, set up nicely for this week uh and until a last uh a last round fade away if you like at colonial he was playing well uh down at um the charles schwab um again on a course that we wouldn't have really thought um you know a bit like you were saying about cam young at uh, hilton head you wouldn't really see kurt kitty armor as being someone who would um uh, be relishing a trip around colonial country club so uh you know he I, I was more than happy with what he did even if he did slip back to 40th um on sunday so um yeah i i just thought um again it was one of those the two two big finishes he had this season leapt out to to me as as being sort of a sign that he he could like it around here and uh uh 250s for eight places um i thought i'd uh uh, give them a try and um my final song selection for this week uh is by um uh, by an artist uh, who, who some of you might know, some of you might not, called Kurt Vile. And I'm hoping that uh, Kurt Kitayama is not Vile this week, but uh, he's uh, uh, completely opposite in his form. Uh, but Kurt Vile is, um, uh, he used to be in the band War on Drugs, and then um, he, he's made a very strong career for himself as a sort of solo artist, uh, a sort of country rock artist um, style, if you like. Uh, uh, and um, the song I've gone with is, um, I think it's most commercially sort of well-known, if you like, a song called Pretty Pimpin', uh, and uh, it's from his sixth studio album, so he's certainly been pretty productive, which came out in 2016, called Believe I'm Going Down. Um, so it's Kurt Vile, also spelt with a K, like Kurt Kitayama, uh, and that's our final musical selection for the week. Um, is he a guy you've had your eye on much this season at all, Niall? Um, do you expect him to eventually get a win? Or out yeah, here well, not really someone who entered into the equation this week for me, but I, I totally agree with you. Uh, I actually meant to say to you before, uh, didn't get the chance. I didn't get the chance to skip on to something else, but I actually really like your Keith Mitchell selection. It didn't quite dawn on me how, uh, how well he played off the tee at uh, 
Where did you say it was? Was it uh, uh, the PGA? Uh, Southern Hills? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the PGA. That, 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 uh, I missed that uh, when I was researching early on, and that the, the triple figures about him, I think, I think, is really interesting. Actually, that, that that's a really interesting selection. As you said, and Kitayama, obviously, he, he never really looks afraid of winning. So I think when he gets, you know, another chance in the PGA Tour, he he, he could easily do it. He's one of those who's just. Uh, He's got bags of talent. He's obviously he hits the ball a long way too. It's perfect for for the modern game, and I think he eventually he probably will get his rewards for that. Uh, so you've kind of become somewhat of an expert in tipping guys who can pop up from absolutely nowhere at these triple figure prices. Or you know, two hundred fifty awards up, two hundred fifty to one upwards. So. Uh, yeah, he's, he's certainly interesting at that price. Yeah, I mean, I don't know whether it's a good thing to be an expert or not, because uh, I'll often throw, you know, I like to sort of keep keep my selections varied and I'll often have a dart as my sort of final pick at that sort of price. And uh, and more often than not, they do what you'd expect a 250 to one shot to do, obviously. But, uh, you, you know, it's great when one comes together. I, mean, I remember being on set Stracker at the Amex at 300 to one. Um, uh, a couple of years ago when uh, he, he got a full place and uh, uh, I was on um, uh, and this collect the connection there with Stracker was you know I, I liked him on the Pete Dye layouts and then um, I was on oh god what's the guy's name uh, finished uh, top for top 10 at the Honda got the full place for us a couple of years ago and he loves uh, uh, he's not in the field this week I don't believe but uh, he likes a, um, a Jack Nicholas layout and um yeah, I'm going to have to Google his name now while we're talking. So um, yeah, so so when you get one come in, um, uh, it's it's quite rewarding. And uh, yeah, Kitty Yama, to be fair, he's he's not exactly uh, as I say been off the radar this season. So he's uh, he's certainly shown some good stuff. So uh, I, I was um, ha happy to chance him. So um, any other before we have a wrap up, Niall, of um, uh, sort of our selections for the week. Any any other players you want to give an honorary mention to at all? Oh, there was a few. Uh, I thought. Uh, Lando Griffin was maybe worth, and, and Cam Davis was another another Cameron entering the equation this week. Got a few long shots. I, I find it very hard to choose towards the top of the market. It wasn't. It didn't seem that appealing to me. Hence why I went for you know a couple around the, in the bracket from twenty five to forties or so. Uh, Sung J M would would interest me a lot around a place yeah. like this only. Coming back from, uh, I think it was COVID, wasn't it? That uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Been him out of the PGA and, and another event subsequently as well. So uh, his price didn't drift out big enough to, uh, you know, get my interest. But he was one nevertheless that I thought could go really well. I thought Van Ruin was another interesting one at triple figures. Uh, his approach play was great last time out as well. Mm. Uh, but yeah, that's about it. That's about it for me. Uh, actually, but obviously, I back Max Homer when he won. Uh, mm -hmm. I have an there a number of weeks ago, and I, I seriously think that he's another one who could who's destined to win a lot more big events mm -hmm. and possibly even major championships in the years to come. Uh, yeah. he was another one who, who interested me, and I think there was around forty to one available earlier on. I thought I, I considered that too. Yeah, there was a few there, but. Uh, Nevertheless, I was happy to go. I think I backed four triple figure pokes this, this mm -hmm. week, which is, you know, that's not the norm. 
<laughs> yeah, um, well, on a couple of the guys you mentioned there, uh, Max Homer, um, I was very close to signing with him this week uh, because, again, obviously, I don't know he won at um, Potomac the other week, but um, obviously he's won at Quail Hollow as well, uh, and he does seem to like that to, uh, that type of test. Um, I, I believe he performed, um, I've got it in front of me, but I believe he performed quite well at Bay Hill earlier this year as well. So, uh, and he's obviously flying at the moment. And um, yeah, I, I suppose I just took the view in the end, is he going to win, um, uh, you, you know, again so soon? But he's that kind of player who seems to have just got the winning habit now. So I guess it wouldn't be a, a huge surprise uh, on Van Roy. And I, I looked at Van Roy myself as well um, because um, he, he won on the um, Nicholas design at the Barracuda, didn't he? So, um, yeah, so that sort of um, uh, pointed me in his direction. Uh, so he was another, you, you know, I could see where he coming from there. He was another who was on the, on the short list. Um, the player I was trying to think of, by the way, who I got joy uh, on at um, uh, either 250s or 300s um, uh, last year in the Honda was Chase Seifert. Um, and uh, that was, um, again, down to the sort of Jack. Nicholas Link, so so yeah, I, I like having a dart on these uh, these big price guys every now and again, and um, uh, you know when they um, uh, when it's 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 very rewarding when the, the dots you put together, uh, you know that you, we us gold punters feel give us that little edge from time to time, uh, uh, mm-hmm. pay dividends. So um, I mean, Kitty Armand say is a bit more an obvious case this week, just on on course, you're not course form on on sort of recent form on correlating courses. So um, I was happy to round off my selections with him this week. So. Um, so, um, yeah, the free bet for this week. Uh, as you know, we give away a free bet uh, each week. Uh, and um, uh, it's uh, for the listeners to pick uh, a song that uh, either ties in with last week or, or this week, um, uh, you know, the, the event. And um, you know, so do keep putting those suggestions forward. We always get some great picks every week, some great ideas. Uh, I'm going to give an honourable mention this week to Stephen Healy, who came up with the Neil Young song, Ohio. And I might keep that under um, under reserves for next week, um, uh, Stephen, because I thought it was a great suggestion. But uh, I thought, um, um, bearing in mind, obviously, um, uh, you, you know, what we've been discussing this, this evening with the um, uh, the sad loss of um, Andy Fletcher that um, uh, I'm going to do something we haven't done before, which is have a couple of songs by the same band on, band on the pod. And it was McNulty who put this one forward. And, and I'll let you um, uh, introduce this one, um, Niall, because I thought it was quite appropriate. Yeah, that was that was a nice touch by McNulty. Thanks very much for that uh, request and uh, enjoy the silence by Depeche Mode, which is, which is undoubtedly one of their best tracks and probably their best track live. If you ever... If, if anyone's ever seen them before, it's 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 a pure party whenever they, whenever they kick in, they enjoy the silence. Mm-hmm. An absolute innovative tune, which uh, has influenced many bands mm-hmm. in in the in the coming years since it was released. And yeah, it's a, it's a true synth dance pop classic. Enjoy the silence. Right. Um, so let's wrap up by uh, reminding everyone of who our picks are for the week. Um, so who, who, who are your six men off the tee, uh, uh, Noel? Yeah, uh, top billing goes to Cameron Young at 33s, uh, alongside Shane Larry at 25s. And then, as, as I mentioned there, we have uh, four triple-figure pokes uh, in the shape of uh, Brandon Steele, which I really liked at 150 to 1. Then we've got uh, Matt Jones, chance in the Aussie at one fifty, Anna Bama here at one two five, and the fairy tale story that would be the home native 
Justin Lohr winning at 500 to 1. Brilliant. And your, um, your, your three song picks for the week? Three song picks were uh, Stay Young by Oasis, uh, Cuyahoga by R.E.M., and World in My Eyes by Depeche Mode. And for my other things, uh, my um, my plaid picks, uh, we've got Cam Smith at uh, 20 to 1. A couple of points each way there. Uh, Patrick Reed at 50 to 1. Uh, Keith Mitchell at 125 to 1. Uh, Pat Rogers at 150 to 1. And Kurt Kitayama at 250 to 1. Uh, the last four, all one points each way. Uh, and all of them are eight places. So, uh, And my musical selections for the week uh started off with um burn baby burn by ash uh in honor of uh, sam burns uh, burning it up um uh last night at colonial uh then it was um cars by gary newman uh in honor of uh, keith mitchell who of course got his first win at the honda uh then we have um Neutral Milk Hotel. Uh, and uh, I hope you're going to listen to this track after all the explanation I gave you. <laughs> also, uh, in the airplane over the sea, uh, connecting to Pat Rogers, who comes from Indiana, uh, which is where April Ludgate Dwyer and um, Andy Dwyer live in the fictitious Pawnee, Indiana, in Parks and Recreation. Uh, and Neutral Milk Hotel is April's favorite band. And that is my connection there. Uh, then we've got Pretty Pimpin' by Kurt Vile um, uh, in honor of Kurt Kitayama. Uh, and then finally, the free bet winner. Um, uh, thank you so much for the se selection. McNulty is um, Enjoy the Silence by Depeche Mode. So, uh, that's a wrap for this week. Um, thank you, Niall. It's been fantastic to have you on again. Really appreciate you taking the time. And uh, hopefully the time will fly around and we'll have, have you back uh, later on in the summer. And uh, if you're willing to hear about obscure bands and obscure sitcoms again. Uh, <laughs> and, um, uh, remind everyone where they can uh, find your stuff, Niall. Uh, yeah, it's at ozchecker.com forward slash tips forward slash golf. That's where you'll get all my stuff. And uh, on Twitter, you'll see me at betgolfworld. And yeah, Martin, thanks very much for asking me on again. It's a real pleasure. It's it's no task at all to talk about golf and music, it has to be said. So uh, hopefully we've chatted about one or two winners this week and some listeners get on at, at nice prices. Yeah, hopefully uh, we don't want any more Jordan Spieth or Ryan Fox shenanigans this yeah, weekend. I think exactly. we've got enough of that. Uh, and uh, yeah, you can find me obviously on Martin Matthews. You can find me um, at Sundog Monkey on Twitter, uh, Sundog's Golf World for my weekly preview, uh, then the Sunday preview for Sporting Life, previewing the final round of the PGA Tour event each week. And of course, you can follow the pod um, up at uh, the Golf Alter Pod. So thank you, everyone. Uh, so much for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, delighted to say Jamie Worsley is going to be back uh, uh, with us to um, uh, preview the Canadian Open next week. So thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Um, uh, enjoy the golf. Uh, have some success with your bets. And um, turn the playlist and the music up loud. Uh, see you all next week. Good night. <laughs>